tell me that you built a time machine? Uh, get the Inconceivable! Inconceivable! Get the Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'll have what she's having. Okay, welcome to Peaked in High School. This is a podcast where we talk about 80s films and review 80s films. My name is Lex. My name is Liz. Um, yeah, and today we have a great one for you. We do. Yeah. We're excited about this one. Yeah, I'm excited though. I definitely feel a little differently in parts about this movie viewing it now yes yes <laughs> we have a good realization that this movie is not is different to what we thought it would be or different to the nostalgic a, moments that we had yeah when we watched the original yeah. <laughs> um we're doing another john hughes movie we are uh we are doing weird science weird science um, and the theme song gets stuck in your head people oh, it's so great, it's great song. yeah yeah it's and great. we'll talk about that in a bit but but Mira, let's talk about what this movie is all about Okay, so this movie we see was actually released or made no released six months after Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. so in 1985. Um, so it came like about two years after Sixteen Candles, and it was quite different to John Hughes' earlier films that kind of had this like message and story. It was, <laughs> I mean, it, it it's just like weird. <laughs> Yeah, excusing the pun. <laughs> it's like this kind of science fiction. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a bit different. It, it, it's a bit, it's a bit out quirky. There. It's a bit quirky. It's very quirky. So yeah. it wasn't actually received as well as the other films by the critics, especially, mm. and at the box office. It did mm. okay. So it's his third third film. He, I don't know if it was his, like, in, it was the sort of in this time period, mm. you know. Mm. Um but it was, it's become, I think it's become more of like a cult classic over time. Mm. It probably did really well on, like, was probably beta or VHS, VHS and then yeah. DVD. We have the DVD of it. Yeah. Um, so we see two 16-year-old boys, Wyatt and Gary, who are like being bullied at school by mm. the cool guys, you mm. know, the losers. It's pretty horrible. They're the nerds. They're nerds and they just like want chicks. They're, they're a bit sex obsessed and that, that kind of like... They're 15, 16. Yeah. <laughs> so one maybe, 15, maybe you're 16. a better authority on what 15 and 16-year-old yeah. boys are. And we'll talk I about that. I remember you at 16, so I... Possibly. Yeah, but you didn't remember at 15 and there was completely <laughs> different. Um, and so they go on to sort of somehow create a woman using a high technology of 1985. Correct. A little bit of voodoo. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess she comes along and sort of teaches them. Oh, yeah. I guess take a step back. They're watching Frankenstein. They are watching Frankenstein. And they see Dr. Frankenstein make Frankenstein and yeah. they're like, oh, man, we should do that. Yeah, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's um, make a female version of it, of the woman of our dreams. Yeah, the woman. Yeah, that's mm. right. Mm. Um, and so you know, they I guess they face some trials and tribulations, and I guess her sort of purpose is to kind of make them, you know, come out of their step out of their comfort zone and mm. face up to their fears and gain respect from their peers and whatnot. And you know, they get some age appropriate girlfriends along the way. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. I watched this movie mm. on repeat. I watched it a lot too. Like I'm talking, there was probably a stage where we were watching it weekly. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. I well, what does it? What does it? What does it mean to you? Right? Well, at the time, I loved it. I thought it was so funny and silly. I didn't look beyond 
a, a lot the of face value. face value of this movie at yeah. all. Yeah. And it's funny, like, I don't even, I remember, like, not even questioning, like, how they make the woman, like, when they're feeding the stuff in the computer with the mm. floppiness. Like, mm. <laughs> now I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, but at the time I was <laughs> it like, is wow. silly. It's silly, like you said. You know, but I also, it's, it's very 80s yeah. and I enjoy that part of it very much. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was, it was a huge, like, I watched it so much. Mm. I mm. really did. It was on top rotation alongside Ferris Bueller and Breakfast mm, Club. Mm, mm. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and to me, yeah, I thought the world of this movie as well. I thought this is the best topic ever. <laughs> and I guess I would have been 9, 10, 11 when I first started so watching you, it. So you watched it towards the, the late 80s. Yeah, I guess it didn't come out to 1985. Yeah, so it probably would have been 86 And you're in right, 86 and then take... I didn't watch the movie, so it would have been, what, 87, 88? Yeah. By the time I actually watched it. I think I would have been about 7 or 8 yeah. when I began watching it. So, yeah. I, I would have been... quite young. 7, 8, maybe 9. Yeah. But I remember... How did you... How did you... How did you get this movie past your mum and dad? Again, I think this is Carlos Henry. <laughs> Carlos, man. Yeah. Party. We used to go to Carlos's house and, and he would watch... His parents will let him watch whatever he wants. Yeah, so well, watch. my parents let me watch this. No worries. Yeah, yeah. We just have had it on repeat. Yeah, but I wouldn't let. I, I said to you, I wouldn't let the kids watch this now. Mm, mm. You know. But you're right. Some of the topics. Ah, some, I know. Were, That's it. Were taboo, and we'll talk about it. Well, but, not there. But to me, I thought mm. this film was absolutely the bomb. <laughs> well, you would. Cause like, because it had sex and boobs. Yeah. And, well, I'll talk about the cast, but it know. had, you know, Lisa's character it was Kelly LeBron, which is. Uh, their ideal woman and she's, she's a good looking woman yeah she's right? beautiful um, and I guess she epitomises sex appeal to a teenager and I guess I was heading into my teenage years when yeah. when I first saw this film and, yeah 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 um, plus she's brunette if you I like brunettes well maybe maybe <laughs> we've got our finger on as to why um, but yeah yeah I definitely thought this film was amazing I thought it was had a great storyline yeah yeah um, you're right I didn't see past the no, face value of no. it at the time but I would have been a child if not a teenager watching it again mm. um, and you know a bit of fun a bit of fun for a kid to watch yeah it is um, it is fun definitely mm. I mean we have to talk about some of the um, not so great parts of it but, but I think you know like 60-75% of this film mm. is, is harmless and fun mm. but there are some definitely some not so great parts of it yep. now <laughs> yeah so, so we talked about Kelly LeBrock um, yeah so we, we see, don't think she's in anything else well, really no, major she's in a couple of movies it's all but she kind of wasn't yeah well she, this film made her if, she if was the, a model though she was she was famous because she was in a Pantene ad and she said some weird line like don't hate me because I'm beautiful or something mm. she became known for that so she's British obviously mm. um, but she was a model yeah I mean she's gorgeous you know yeah um, and I feel like at the time America's really embracing English culture or yeah, just had a had a weird fascination fascination with, with English yeah um, that's true, actually. But this is obviously another one of our favourites, Anthony Michael Hall. Yes. So he was just recurring actor in riding the coattails. Yeah. You know, and John and, Hughes and, movies. And he's a rightly great actor. So. He's, yeah, a, he's rightly a really so. good actor. Yep. Um, you know, so this was another one of his, and his friend um, Wyatt, Wyatt, who was it's a strange name. Mm. Um, like, well, I thought it was Ian, but it's Ireland Mitchell mm. Smith. But he didn't really, he left acting. He trained as a ballet dancer and then he left acting and now he's a professor of medieval science. 
Met, sorry, met, yeah, medieval, like weird. So he is the nerd that you put <laughs> to life imitated like Santa Monica, you, you see, uh, see Santa Monica or something. Really? So he's, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of odd. But he, he Santa Barbara. No. Is there, you there must Santa be Monica? one down in Santa Monica. I don't know. I don't remember anyway, there being one there. Um, so he's, yeah, he's out of the acting game. Yeah. Um, but there's, there is one big, uh, Yes, the very, sne- well, very well known and working actor to this sneaky, day. Sneaky, sneaky actor. We call him Sneaky, but you're right. He's probably one of the Huge. biggest actors right now. Yeah. Iron Man himself. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, who was credited as Robert Downey. Downey, yeah. So he played um, one of the, I guess, bullies, really. Um, yeah, one of the one of the assholes. Ian and Max, he was, yeah, he was one of them, Max. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know... Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't fantastic in it, like no, acting I mean, in it. Well, his character, his character was an asshole, bag, but I guess no. he was a believable douchebag. Yeah, he was that so typical eighties asswife. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Character. They thought they were cool. They, they did the bullying. Yeah. When I say they, I mean he and another character who, yeah. a no-name actor, but but, but yeah, but he's, I mean, like a magic. But then he did. He was in movies in the eighties. Like he was, you know, it was. He was around. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I guess when I f- when he first come to. I guess stardom in my eyes is Ali McBeal. Yeah, you know what though? There is a movie that he is in, and I cannot remember what it is. And a friend of mine loves it. It's like a romantic comedy. Yeah. Mum and I used to watch it as well, like so many times. And I just wish someone knew what it was. It's from the nineties, but yeah. anyway. But he, um, this was obviously before he sort of went off the rails right. with the drugs and whatnot. I'm guessing. Yeah. Because he kind of went away. Because did he came back with Ali McBeal, but then he he relapsed, didn't he? He relapsed, yeah. And then he sort of climbed out of it. And I remember again. there was a running joke because Ali McBeal did a Christmas album and he actually sang, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Oh, and gosh. then he got busted for, for cocaine. I hated Ali McBeal. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was terrible. It was a terrible show. Yeah, yeah. They you jumped the, they yeah. jumped the shark when they did that baby yeah. thing. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting sidetracked here. Um, um, but yeah, so that was a sneaky actor. And Bill Paxton plays Bill Paxton. Chet, the, Chet, the old bro. brother, who's yeah. also an asshole piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a lot of assholes in this film. Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? You know, you yeah. see these two kids that are sort of up against all these, you know, mm. dickheads in their life. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one of the main themes. And I guess the main, the first main theme is just, I guess, teenage sexuality. Yeah. And, and boys and, and them. Teenage boys, I should say. Men? No. no teenage boys. Yet, teenage boys. And, and I guess their fascination and their curiosity about women. Um, and the first scene is pretty much them just watching the female aerobics class oh, in high school. Class, yeah. Sherman High School? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Favorite town in yeah, America. A lot, a lot happened in that high school. Yeah, man. I want to um, go there. But um, it wasn't detention this time. This time it was pretty much centered around. Uh, gymnastics and and basically they're just staring at women fantasizing teenage young women teenage yeah. girls well they, yeah. at least they're age appropriate age for appropriate them, for them 16 know. 17 18 let's call it and you know fantasizing about them um going to parties with them hanging out with them not necessarily sexual too much but just it's eluded yeah. um and yeah obviously they're that focused with about women and, uh, I feel like Gary is more than Wyatt as well. Yeah, I guess yeah. Wyatt's personality is a bit more reserved. Yeah, he he's, is. he's very uptight. He is, and he's a 15, not 16. No. So there could be a dynamic there. he seems there. to come from a really wealthy, uptight family. Too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, a bit more Gary's conservative. from more of a sort of working well, class yeah, family. Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
But yeah, but can can you confirm mm. you were a teenage boy? I, 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 is, I was. <laughs> is this an accurate portrayal of what you guys are Look, like? Spot on. It is spot on. <laughs> like <laughs> that, and I guess that's why I liked it as a kid because I'm like, okay, cool. There's an actual movie about the shit that's going on in my mind. Yeah, you know, gosh. like uh, true. It becomes. <laughs> I guess it becomes. I guess crazed. You get crazed and you get so obsessed with with females and <laughs> and. You know, you don't really know what sex is, but you've heard about it. Yeah. Um, as you know, I didn't do any of that extracurricular stuff that they talked about at that age because of my Catholicism. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't really understand those parts of the jokes of these films. But yeah, definitely yeah. fantasizing and definitely thinking that... We started going out when we were 16, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess what my fantasy about who I was and what I would become and the reality was completely different yeah, right? yeah. or what you think you know how you're going to interact with women at yeah. parties and stuff is completely different to what actually happens yeah but in your mind and I guess watching heaps of movies and mm. reading magazines at the time and you know not not not, not those dirty magazines again that they show <laughs> in this film but like plenty of plenty didn't of didn't you yeah. find a stack of pornos in a cave or something when you're on summer holidays with your parents or something near Newcastle yes I did I did I, I did I don't know why we're bringing that up here but yes I remember finding yeah well because they, yeah, have, and, they have know, the playboy in this and you they have know, playboy stacks of playboys yeah. in this they have like and a and locked bag full of playboys nostalgic you know mm. stuff yeah, like, yeah. It, it is you know I guess porno mags are now a thing of the past. Yeah. Definitely 80s, 90s. Yeah. 2000s, I guess they were still around. Um, Mm. You know, uh, Playboy's now purely... It's not even... I don't even know. I have no idea what it is. I think it's just online. I think it's just online. But anyway, um, so yes, it it was accurate portrayal of what a 15-year-old mind would be like. Okay, that's kind of scary considering they have two sons. But anyway... Um, prepare for it. But I think another one of the themes is just like mo- a lot of his films is high school. You know, the struggle that is high school. The struggle that is maybe American high school, but I don't mm. know, again, I mean, mm. you know, high mm. school is hard. Teenage and again, they touch on their hard. parents, like yeah. not as much as Breakfast Club. But no, like but their parents are... are oh, tired. Oh, they're horrible. Like, I just never want to go there. You know, and the grandparents. I hated their grandparent yeah. characters so much as a kid, and, and I, I still hate them. And you're supposed to, but oh yeah. my God, yeah. You're just like, oh, oh God, I just God. want to slap them. You want to slap the grandparents, you want to slap all the parents. Oh, yeah. I've never, I never want us I to be like that. I testament to that movie. You still feel for the teenage kids. I who, do. Again, yeah. and we've spoken about this before. I yeah. still identify yeah. with the teenage characters yeah. more than I do with the, the adults. adults. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. do. Yeah. And I don't know what that says about my maturity level. <laughs> but maybe I'm just cool. Like, my, can I just say that my two teenage nieces who've been here have labelled me the cool auntie. Because yeah. it's true. Um, I think you win by default there. <laughs> But yeah, I, but I guess, um, I mean, you sort of put them down as themes, but we do have this, I, I guess the first one I want to talk about is that it is toxic masculinity. And yeah. like, this is the big thing now, yeah. you know, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, yeah. but the older brother Chet and I guess those bully characters, Ian yeah. Max, yeah. it's a real like, you know, like extorting money from his younger brother, smashing his head, head into the wall. Like, yeah, using violence. bitches, like... Um, you know, talking about, you know, you can have my girlfriend if you lend me Lisa. Like, it's yeah. just, it's it's really sort of, you know, it, it's toxic. I mean, I, I, I see it now. I, I, I didn't, 
like those characters at the yeah, time, but yeah. now I'm really like, wow, if my well, if my sons were ever like that to one another, yeah, I'd be ashamed. But was it more? It was more of a thing back then, and I yeah. So I mean, I guess it's just um, it's really prevalent, like obvious. Yeah. You know, and they kind of like from talking about like ownership over women, like yeah, implied like there's a there is misogyny in this film. Um, and it's uh, like it kind of left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Well, there was, notice there was no positive male role models. Yeah, that's true, like, actually. Because the brother even, was an asshole. Also, even the dad was and an asshole. The ass. dad at the end, where he pushed his son away when he went to hug him. Give him a hug, and he's like, oh, no, no, son. I was like, gross. Like, shake you know, my hand. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, okay, so that's the type of family. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, that's why, why it's so reserved or. Yeah, and Chet's such a. Butthole. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they're just, butthole. you know. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's that, that that's you know. There's some sort of setting, if you will, yeah. kind of themes around that in it that sort of made me feel not so great. No. Um, you know, um, and I guess that, I mean, like, it, there's a really fine line between a movie about sort of sexuality and and and. Um, you know, like sexiness and stuff, mm. and objectification. Mm. Yeah, you know, like it's a really fine line book, and it's not. I'm not saying that. You mean people find people attractive? Like yeah. it's fine to have, you know, sex appeal and stuff, of course. Yeah. But you, you got to be careful. Yeah. So I guess that stems from one of the early scenes when they're like, "Should we give her a brain?" Yeah, and that's that. I was like, mm, mm. "Yeah." <laughs> I mean, thank God they did, because then she actually came out to be a. She's smarter than a lot smarter of the male characters men. put together. And she had a lot of um, conviction and she wasn't afraid of men. No. They tried to like threaten her and she'd be like, don't talk to him like me like, <laughs> don't talk to me like that, buddy. You're out of shape. I will kick your ass. <laughs> I'm going to make that. I want to say that to somebody. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, I know. And, so, and also there's the scene when the two bullies, when Ian and Max want them to create a girl for them mm. and there's this kind of this like trading situation yeah, between yeah. their girlfriends and, and it's just like that stuff is bleh, yeah you know? it's not it's not cool nah so um, yeah no oh okay no I, I think those were pretty much the themes and yeah the objectifying of women you're right I felt like it makes you very uncomfortable I felt well, like I felt, very uncomfortable. I felt like Lisa wasn't objectified by the boys I mean she, they were, she was definitely their fantasy yeah um, and you know, she talked about being subservient to them and doing whatever they want, but it wasn't really true. No, it wasn't true. She Not, did whatever she wanted. She did what she she wanted, and she kind of yeah, and what she thought was best. She thought was best for them. Mm. Um, and yeah, she for some reason she has magical powers, and <laughs> <laughs> and she could just get shit done, whatever she make wanted, a Ferrari like, yeah, yeah. or make fake yeah, fake like <laughs> IDs for him, and, and we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, but some of the other women definitely, or the or the name calling and stuff like that definitely yeah, felt like it was a little off. Da- I dated, didn't like it. absolutely dated. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so what that makes makes this film eighties? This film is very eighties, and is, we did speak it? about that. I mean, yeah. the the style of the film, the costuming, the hair and makeup, it, it is extraordinarily eighties, and we're talking eighty five. So this is the middle of you know the height of. Mm sort of the themes of the 80s. Yeah. Um, but also, I guess, the technology was, you know, 
very specific to that time. Yeah. Um, that 12 inch floppy disk. Yeah, yeah I, we well, loved. I had them there. Yeah. <laughs> we all had them. I remember when they went like to the smaller, like, yeah. half, like oh wow, half you, you got a five and a half inch <laughs> floppy. Wow, you guys are up market. <laughs> but yeah, so it was very 80s. I mean, yeah. you know, um, I love the house party, and I said mm. that to you like, love house parties yeah that's such an 80s thing and Do you I mean, house parties is an 80s thing or is it just a teenage thing i think it's a teenage thing but yeah. you know this was this was a lucy's house party like no one's standing around staring at phones like everyone's dancing everyone's partying, partying yeah, yeah. you know so yeah i think it's very 80s yep you know and it's got um you know it has that real sort of when 80s movies wrap up it starts to play that sort of theme you know it's always a, a sort of a similar theme that you know the movie's coming to an end oh yeah so you're talking about the, the elite motif yeah like yeah. there's always those elements of 80s movies yeah yeah so to me that makes it you know yeah yeah and even like the coloring the design oh, of yeah. the words weird science is very yeah, 80s it's very 80s and uh, the theme song Kelly LeBrock is very 80s yeah. like she's oh, wearing yeah, the midriffs is, is hot man. yeah she's wearing like you know, tights and like yeah. leg warmers and yeah, the, the, yeah, and the guys when they're dressed up trying to be, look older, they're wearing like white yeah. suits with a little bit <laughs> of shiny silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's wearing tasseled jacket, yeah, like tasseled it's just oh my god, it was really eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, the, and the computers and and I'd say the cars as well, like they have mm. you know the cool Porsches and Ferraris of the eighties. Gorgeous 80s. cars, the pink yeah. Cadillac that she drives. Cadillac, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That, yeah, that yeah, car. yeah, yeah, yeah. The personalized number plates and all. And all. Yeah. So it is very. It's it's very eighties. This movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Okay. Uh, what makes this movie so goddamn special? Look, I think it's you know it, it is a John Hughes special, mm. you know, written and directed by him, mm. and though it's sort of a little bit off off course from his n- normal other films, mm. um, you know, it has a nice. It's nicely wrapped up, and mm. it has. It, I think it does have a message for all its flaws. Mm. It is some. There are some really nice parts of this film. Mm. You know, cute sort of funny parts of this film. Mm. Um, mm. So I think, you know, and for me, like like I said, I mean, I watched it so much, you mm. know. So mm. it makes it special to me that it was a part of my childhood. Mm. You know, what I liked about it for me was that kind of the message was just stay in your lane in terms of your age like although they were mm. fantasizing over this woman and she was a 23 year old woman mm. at the end of the day they went to go for the age-appropriate girlfriends yeah, with, with the kissing and the holding hands as opposed right. to the showering with sort of thing <laughs> and, and going to bars and drinking it's funny if you switch it around to an older man with a 15 or 16 year old girl oh, no. you know, wouldn't fly then or <laughs> called Lola, Lolita whatever that's it's called. right yeah. so it's yeah, it's not. It's not cool. But it is. I mean, for all its troublesome parts, mm. I can still watch it and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? Again, very male perspective. And like I said, my next door neighbour Stephen and I, we we reenacted the bra on the head scene. Oh, did you? I don't know why we did that, but we had one of my Barbie dolls and like. Oh, because you love Barbies and everything. We reenacted that. That's awesome. Uh, so Whose bras yeah. did you use out of curiosity? Well, I don't know. My sister's or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> They're going to be... Huge. You're going to get in trouble for that. I can yeah. feel it. Wait, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, what's your favourite line in the movie? Look, I like the one that you mentioned. You know, don't you threaten me, Al. Yeah. You're out of shape. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> Um, but I, I also like it when um, they're drunk after the bar yeah. and like they come across the older brother and he's like, he's got a 
cold-blooded shit. Like, if yeah. there's some funny, you know, yeah. sort of one-liners. Well, he's, that's his Anthony Michael Hall's signature card. He's, he's making that voice, that funny oh, voice. voice. But yeah. also, the very first line of, of Lisa's movie when she's yeah. like, so, you know, what do you little maniacs want to do first? Like, yeah. that's, that's a good opening line. Yeah, That's a is. good, yeah, you know. uh, introduction to a movie or what to a you? character. Uh, I la- literally laughed out loud when they're in the toilet and scared, scared to go out <laughs> to the party. And um, Wyatt's dropping dropping bombs like Hiroshima, so weird, so weird. and they're making like dust crop, what's it called? Crop dusting jokes, yeah. and then, and then the two love interests knocking the door, wanting to fix their hair or whatever, and he's like, "Oh man, why are you doing crop dusting in here? The girls want to come in." And then he closes the door, and the girl and he opens it again. He's like, "What are you, what are you guys doing in here anyway?" And then Wyatt goes, "Oh, Gary's just in here taking a shit." <laughs> Both throws him under the bus, and I just, oh, just like that. And the light, the delivery of the line was just it was. perfect. It was good. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite line. <laughs> Gary's just in here hanging his shit. Was fucking hilarious. Is that your favorite scene then? Uh, I think making of Lisa is probably my favorite. Oh, you like scene. that? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and it's in early in. It kind of gets straight to you know yeah. you mentioned before you don't you didn't you didn't even question the fact how no. they did that. <laughs> oh, they just made oh, okay. a, they made a girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's kind of like a bit of, again, it's nonsensical. It doesn't really make any sense. And it's hack funny. Into some weird the hack into a government site, site going through like, <laughs> uh, what's was it called? The Skull and crossbones. Like, even around then? It was in its infancy. Uh, um, but okay. anyway, it's a little it was, weird. Yeah. yeah. I um. That's my favorite scene. That's your favorite scene. I kind of like the house party scenes a mm. lot. Like I, I, I do find that funny um but i do like that scene as well like that's good but also like the second trying to make the girl mm. where there's like just shit is blowing everywhere and stuff that's funny. oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of you know everyone's freaking out except for them they're just the like montage of, uh, of scotch random shit that happening like yeah. the kitchen turns blue and yeah, then the a missile just <laughs> goes into the thing you know just appears yeah. into the house yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny um yeah yeah it's a bit i mean again it's it's a it's a bit of a joke of a movie. None of that seems real, but <laughs> but a bit of fun. Know. Yeah, yeah. You didn't question it, so it's I all good. I didn't question it. Cool. Uh, remake sequels and spin-offs. Did we well, figure anything out? Yeah. So there was a TV spin-off um, that was in the nineties, ninety four to ninety eight. It ran for five seasons. Um, I don't know. Like I never watched it. I kind of remember it. Mm. Um, but there was. To- I was reading. There was talks of a remake. Like with Universal back in like 2013 it's mm. obviously 2020 now and there's been mm. nothing oh, Happy New Year by the way everyone oh yeah Happy New Year guys <laughs> I forgot to mention <laughs> at the start welcome the first to the podcast 2020. of 2020 yeah yeah the decade um, so yeah there's, there, there, oh, that obviously hasn't come to fruition mm. um, and I think if they did it now they would probably do two girls making a dream guy I was thinking do you reckon they would do that now I think they probably would oh. um that seems to be the trend. Like well, with Ghostbusters got, yeah, I know, and, and, and I don't know if that's. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they really need to remake this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's better. These themes are probably better left where they were. Yeah, you, you can't know? be as sexist as you could back then. And nor should you be? <laughs> like you and, know. And um, obviously, you know, some of the lines they say is completely mm-hmm. inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, you can get it. You can still tell the story without oh, doing man. that. There's, there's movies with like in this day and age with terrible like mm. objectification themes and mm. stuff but I feel like 
it's you know when you see it in dramas or whatever it's kind of more like not acceptable but people tend to accept it more mm. you know in violent films and mm. whatnot but mm. yeah this mm. you know i don't think there needs to be a remake no and i think it would be very hard to do if they did yeah yeah the tv show do you remember it i don't remember it no me neither but you can you said six seasons five yeah, I, mean, that's pretty I don't decent. know how they stretch that out. I have no idea. Because I don't know. I mean, obviously, get to know the characters a little bit more and backstory and whatever. But yeah. Can imagine like a Full House type of scenario. Mm, who knows? Who knows? Know. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Cool. So, uh, we talked about Shemit, Illinois. Yay! Back to my favorite town in yeah. America. It's kind of cool at the end when she reappears in after Shermer High in Sherma High School. Yeah, with the gym teacher. Gym teacher. Um, yeah, that was kind of cool. You know, like once again though, when he drives, um. Healy home to her house. It's just like this perfect American street, and I just want to live there so much, babe. Mm, mm, mm. Just let's move there. Yeah, it's a fictional town. It's not a I real know, town. But there will be towns like that. <laughs> you know. It was actually filmed in Illinois, so he we, we weren't we weren't like too far from the truth here. So it was yeah. um, filmed in mostly the area of Highland Park, and I actually know someone that lives there. So there do you, go. you? I do. I have a friend on Instagram who lives there. Shout out. Um, to Miss Alison Gannon. There you go. Um, but yeah, so it's a... They, they filmed a lot of the films there, though apparently the exteriors of Wyatt's house were from a house in California. Cali. It's a big house. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, it's just that typical suburban mm. America. You want a gazebo, don't you? I desperately want a gazebo. <laughs> the front yard? Or is it the backyard? Ooh, I think it's in the backyard. must be the backyard. Know. It's by the pool in that house. Was there a pool? Or did yeah, it just because all the rain the made a pool? Yeah, because the half-naked girl went into the lake I know, pool. but I thought that now, the storm actually, made that sort of... I don't think it was of... a pool. I think it was a lake because they shot that scene at, at Universal in that, you know, that lagoon up the back? On the I back do? onto it. That's yes, where I they do. shot that. Oh. Next to, um, from True mm. Blood. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Lomelots. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much so, where yes. Melots is. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, okay, we talked about this already, but... Is there anything that wouldn't fly today? I think that's a hard There's quite yes. a lot. There's quite a lot. I don't think we need to go back over the Egyptification of sexism. No. I think we've talked about that. But we should talk about the scene in the bar with yes. the African Americans. Yes. Because I think it's a very stereotypical sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. portrayal here. When yeah. he puts that voice on, and it, it is funny, you know, because mm. he's pissed as a part. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But it is bordering on racism only because it's like really stereotypical like, I mm. don't know you share your thoughts because mm. I, I don't really feel qualified to talk about this because I'm not an, an African American but I can no. imagine they would it, it wouldn't be okay for reference neither am I um, but I also felt that it was kind of taking a dig at the accent so they, I guess it's mm. what that's called driving back in the day yeah, um, it's a, it was a fairly, fairly trying to mimic inner city, like a jazzy type of club. Yeah, like you know. And some of the, the barflies in that bar were well, it was a very black bar, I guess. What well, was it called again? Chicago. It was called the Candy Bar. The Candy Bar. Yeah, Candy Bar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he starts after a few drinks, starts talking like them. Mm. Um, and which I guess is that cultural appropriation? I guess it is. Mm. At the time, obviously, with kids, we didn't kind no, of... No, I didn't. It wasn't, no, not at all. Wasn't, I mean, you know. We didn't register it, but now we're like, oh, okay, probably couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, um, there's that, and um, yeah, what we talked about. We talked about the sexism. We talked about how they're objectifying women and calling them bimbos and bitches. Bitch, and that, that line was thrown around. I didn't like yeah, it, and it, I know that quite a few times she actually refers to herself as a bitch, but that's yeah, still that's okay. not okay. But I just yeah, there was some harsh language. There was some harsh and like finger pointing. Stop being a bitch. Yeah. Mm. You're a bimbo. Take these bimbos home. Like mm. yeah, you, that doesn't fly. Mm. Um, Homophobia, you know, yeah, the that, word faggot got thrown yeah, around a bit. Yeah, and that was, I was like, like, whoa, yeah. you know, I was like, do you really have to, yeah, so yeah. that's a little I guess that was a word quite used often in the 80s, was it not? I mean, I, I've never used it, I don't remember it, but mm. I guess we were too young, you know. Mm, mm. So yes, there, there's a few things there that, you know. That couldn't fly today. No. Um, okay, so will millennials get this film? Yeah, I mean, I think they would, but would they like it or hold the same sort of, not appreciation, but nostalgia that we do? I don't think no. so. Because I think the movie has dated because dated. of the themes yeah. and the fashions and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and normally that's not a problem with the fashions and stuff. I think, no, but I think mm. the clash between that, mm. the theming and the kind of issues mm. means that this film has dated. Yeah. Well, obviously you know? anti-bullying is huge now. Yeah. And there's a lot of bullying in this film. Yeah, there um, is. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to say feminism, but, but the whole Me Too movement has brought rise to women seeing when they're being objectified and pointing it out and saying, mm. hey, we, don't, we can't stand for this anymore. And a lot of that's happening in this film. Mm. So uh, throw in the Black Lives Matter movement and how this white kid from... Suburbia yeah. is mimicking yeah. like urban culture. Yeah, and you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just too much. Yeah, so no, I, I, I think it has dated. Yeah. And whilst I think that modern audiences like younger than us would get it, mm. I'm not sure that they could see it through the same eyes as us. Mm, mm. You know? No, I agree. I, I think that, yeah, 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 they get the fun of it. They'll get the, mm. you know, the, the fantasy of, of building your ideal woman but yeah but but some of the deeper themes and that I think, yeah. I think it's too dated um cool um the soundtrack it's a good soundtrack yeah again it was 80s where mm. there's one key song which is <laughs> yeah. basically gives you the whole themes of the the, the <laughs> movie boingo, in, boingo. Yeah, which is oingo boingo 80s one hit wonders yeah and then i found out that the oingo boingo head is danny elfman who did the simpsons theme yes from also the, the the music score from Spider Man, Mission Impossible. Yeah. He's a he's Beetle Oscar award winning. Like it's Elfman. huge. Yeah, he, yeah. So you know, it's a good song too. It's a good song, the weird song, yeah. song. And yeah, like we said before, it gets stuck in your head oh, and you start singing it. And I was surprised I knew the chorus from. Oh um, man, it came back like no. Way. Yeah, yeah. I guess I haven't seen this film for like 15, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, easy, say. easy. Yeah, um, but yeah, it came back like that. It's catchy. No as. worries. Um, but yeah, I found it surprising too that Danny Elfman was part of Oingo Boingo, if not the brainchild behind it. And, yeah. And yeah, he made a great song in a catchy film song, and mm. then he spent the rest of his life making catchy film yeah. songs or TV theme songs. So, yeah. um, and he's a huge composer. So it's great to see that we're, you know, something that we liked when the 80s ended up being a great yeah. career. Yeah. That's true. Um, cool. Um, so that's basically us for a wrap. Well, we're going to rate this movie. This yes. is tough. Because I would have given this film a completely different rating earlier on in my life. Yes, yes. As to what I need to give it now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be... Uh, it's hard because you want to separate this movie from the not-so-great parts of it. 
Mm. So what is your rating for this film? Probably give it a seven. Okay. Um, and for the same reasons that you just like, yeah, I have this, this great nostalgic mm. feel for this film, for the for the basic themes of it, but the ones that go a little bit deeper, you have to sort of question it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really sort of troubling, actually, yeah, in a way. Yeah. It's conflicting. Um, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. I was almost going to give it a five at one point because yeah. some of it sat so badly with me. Mm. Um, but I will give it a six because there are some really funny cute parts of this film yeah that you yeah. can enjoy yeah and white's um, character is is, is likable yeah, yeah lisa's character is yeah. pretty much on point yeah but i think yeah so i'm going to give it a six out of ten because it is a john hughes movie it's really not one of his best but, yeah, but we thought it know, was we thought it was at the time it's true yeah. i know um but you know like when you you're gonna hold this like up to something like the breakfast club well no you know, or Ferris Bueller, and you're like, oh my god, like there's no comparison no, there, is no, there? You know, no. like it's, it's, you know, I mean, The Breakfast Club is like, you know, how I feel about it. So I'm you gave gonna, it a 10 from memory. Well, yeah, because it's his best film. Right. Absolutely. Is this his worst film? I don't know about worse. I don't think he has a worst film, you it's know. Got one that's not great. But this is probably lower on the scale for me of mm. my appreciation for sure. So I'm giving it a 6 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so that's us, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess. Um, Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Sorry we didn't do that from the start. <laughs> um, finally, I know we said this before, but we're finally on Spotify, people. So, so um, if you're not already listening to this on Spotify and you're a Spotify fan, then find us like <laughs> and subscribe and share yeah um but yeah um we appreciate you listening we do um, if you want to email us what's the email the peak pod at hotmail.com <laughs> <laughs> you to think about that for a second and uh same on instagram if you want to write us you know have a request of a movie let us know yeah um, but that's it for tonight so okay. peace Bye. Bye. so say good night to the bad guy yeah i got a question does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs>